Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering escapes to the beautiful San Juan Islands this spring. Convenient daily 45-minute flights to San Juan Island, Orcas, and Lopez Islands from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. Good evening. From the KUOW Newsroom, this is Seattle Now. I'm Paige Browning, slogging through the gray of winter with you all. For those counting, we are now exactly three weeks from the start of spring. Here are today's top stories. It's Tuesday, February 27th. Snow continues to cover towns in the Cascades and the foothills, turning some slopes from brown to white this week. It is a very happy sight for a state with 60 percent of its normal snowpack, but may not be enough to help us catch up. John Ryan hit a ski trail in the Metau Valley before this current storm and filed this report. I'm standing on a bridge over early winter's creek in the North Cascades. They might want to consider changing the name. Early Spring Creek might be more fitting these days. And right now in mid-February, there's still some snow, but the cross-country ski trail that I'm on is a mix of slush and bare patches of dirt. Spring is expected to come sooner as our climate keeps heating up. And that means less time for snowpack to build up in Washington, where snow is important for a lot of things and not just skiers out having fun. From apples to salmon to hydropower, the Northwest relies on mountain snow that melts throughout the year. Most of our electricity comes from water tumbling down from the mountains. Energy officials don't have final numbers yet, but they expect that Northwest hydropower production fell to its lowest levels in a decade last year. So far this winter, most of Washington has been 1 to 3 degrees Fahrenheit above normal, according to the state climatologist's office. The National Weather Service expects Washington to be warmer and drier than normal in March as well. John Ryan, KUOW News. A glimmer of hope came today for people sleeping outside in this icy weather. Tequila's city government is buying a giant heated tent to house about 100 people. Tequila has had one of the most visible examples of King County's housing crisis for several months now. Hundreds of migrants without a place to stay have been camping at the Riverton Park United Methodist Church. More efforts like this could be coming. Today, King County announced an additional $1 million for temporary shelters. And now the county is on the lookout for nonprofits that would help them provide temporary housing, food, support, and legal services to unhoused asylum seekers. Gustavo Sugrero has more. Many immigrants have found themselves frequently moving between hotels and short-term rentals over the past couple months. Some are still camped out at a church in Tequila. Many are a mix of potential asylum and temporary protected status applicants. The ones who find themselves in hotels are living on a week-to-week basis as money runs out for housing. At the same time, they're either in process or are waiting to hear about their immigration cases and when and if their work authorization can come in so they can start making a living on their own. Big picture, they have to wait at least five months at the minimum before they can even consider getting a job, which would bring them an income to pay for their housing and legal consultation or else risk breaking the law working without papers. This funding is pulled from $5 million set aside for cities in South King County to address local homelessness issues. Lawmakers are working to propose longer-term solutions in Olympia. The church in Tequila has also helped funnel funding to one group of immigrants. Gustavo Sagredo, KUOW News. Two 
Our Business section, Seattle-based Expedia, the travel company, plans to lay off 1,500 employees total. Diana Apong reports on what's going on. In a statement, a spokesperson for Expedia Group says the decision to lay off employees came after evaluating the best way to allocate resources. It will cut at least 208 jobs in Seattle, according to a notice from the Washington Employment Security Department. The company says eliminating a little over 8% of its global workforce will allow it to invest in strategic areas for growth. GeekWire reports the layoffs will come primarily from the product and technology division. That information was announced in an internal memo from CEO Peter Kern yesterday to employees. Cutbacks are slated to begin on May 1st. Diana Pong, KUOW News. Macy's has announced it will close 150 stores nationwide, slipping further from its ranks as a premier department store. It has not said how many will close in the Northwest. Unionized workers in the Seattle area say the news is disappointing, but not surprising. The union claims Macy's is now more interested in real estate than running retail stores. Bellevue College closed its campus today because a female student reported that she had been sexually assaulted and held at knife point. She reported that it happened this morning in a campus bathroom. Police say there is no ongoing threat and they're working on some inconsistencies surrounding the evidence. We'll keep an eye out for how Bellevue College and local police handle the situation. A reminder that tonight, Tuesday, is the meeting about Seattle police technology a.k.a. the meeting where people will give feedback on Mayor Harrell's intent to put shot spotter around the city. That's a gunshot detection system that's caused intense debate here for years. The hearings at the Bitter Lake Community Center. You don't pay an income tax, at least if you're one of our listeners living in Washington state. But lawmakers are focused on a measure that would ban income taxes here. Jeannie Lindsay reports there was a hearing on this today. Washington does not have an income tax, so lawmakers started the meeting asking about what this initiative would do. The initiative would prevent income taxes from being created specifically under the federal government's definition of income. Kai Smith, a lawyer at Pacifica Law Group, worries voters might think the initiative would change something now. This measure, if enacted, would have no impact on our tax code or taxpayers today. But backers of the proposal say it's needed to prevent any future income tax proposals. A small crowd attended the one-hour hearing in person, but several people who signed up to testify online didn't show up. Lawmakers are set to possibly vote on the initiative Friday. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Before we move on from the legislature, get well soon from us to Governor Jay Inslee. Apparently he has pneumonia. He was supposed to be on KUOW 94.9 for an interview tomorrow, but his staff say he's got a doctor's note to take the week off. The Seattle City Council wants to name a street after the state's first black senator. Senator George Fleming was elected to the state Senate in 1971. He represented southeast Seattle and the Rainier Valley for 22 years and created the law that established the state's housing trust fund. A city proposal would name a section of 43rd Avenue South after him. Some exciting wine news is popping out of Oregon. 
Vintners are on the hunt for something that can keep wildfire smoke from ruining their wines. And researchers at Oregon State University say they nearly have it. Correspondent Anna King reports. It's an edible grape coating that grows with the grapes. It's a sort of packaging. A sticky solution containing cellulose is sprayed on the grapes as they emerge. Then the coating stretches over the berries as they grow larger and nestle close together. It's meant to protect the grapes from wildfire smoke. Yan Yan Zhao is with OSU. The coating itself have to have the capability to either block or absorb the smoke phenols. Zhao says the smoke compounds from wildfires are responsible for some nasty flavors and can then be rinsed off with the coating prior to crush. I'm Anna King. Finally today, when is the last time you took a phone call with a friend or a family member? I ask because Seattle is the most phone call avoidant major city in the U.S., according to new data from the U.S. Census Bureau. Seattle Times reporter Gene Balk first reported this. The data found 26% of Seattleites talk with someone they know less than once a week by phone. Nationally, the number is much lower, 17%. The data has some caveats. Seattleites do text message about the same as the rest of Americans, but the report did not factor in video calls. The demographic least likely to make a personal call? It's millennials. Next time on the podcast, why cyber attacks on healthcare organizations are getting more common. It all comes down to the valuable data in your medical records. We can always change our email or even get a new credit card in an attempt to protect against identity theft. But medical records, insurance info is a lot more difficult to just change at the snap of your fingers. That's tomorrow morning on Seattle Now with host Patricia Murphy. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. And I'm Paige Browning. Seattle Now and KUOW are members of the NPR Network. Until tomorrow, see ya. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.